You have tuned into the Tokyo Smoke Show. Greetings and salutations. I am Tokyo Jameson, thanking you for tuning in to episode six of the revival um, for the Tokyo Smoke Show. This is the last one um, that I'm doing this year. I am grateful for the demand that came about after I ended it a year ago. Um, that demand was pretty cool. I'm very grateful for the listens, and I hope that there's something that I'm saying or something that I'm doing that people can get something out of. Um, All I've ever wanted to do was try and give people um, some good vibes, some good feels, and um, I I hope that it's been received, so... um, after this, you know, little brief introduction, you'll hear the uh, the theme song one last time for the Tokyo Smoke Show. Thanks to King Swiss for that. And, uh, yeah, then it will be the final smoke. And this episode is entitled, Who is Tokyo Jameson? Enjoy. In the Tokyo Smoke Show Man, I don't wanna hear nothing else on my radio Turn up the volume Peace speak volumes First class ass every episode also Raspberry Boogie in the Tokyo Smoke Show Man, I don't wanna hear nothing else on my radio Turn up the volume Peace speak volumes First class ass every episode also What's happening, good people? What is going on? It is I, the captain of the vessel. You've been sitting here for this ride for years and years. We had a a series finale. Then we we got enough love when I wasn't doing it to where I said, okay, I'm going to give you six more. You've been along for the ride this far. And this is the sixth installment in the revival season of the Tokyo Smoke Show. I am that guy, Tokyo Jameson. And every episode, per usual, if you've ever listened to an episode of the Tokyo Smoke Show, you know that every episode is different. Uh, No two vibes are the same as no two days are the same. You may have two weeks, and they may suck or be great, but Monday one and Monday two are never, ever the same. If they're great days, it's something about them that is different. So, every episode that I can say about the Tokyo Smoke Show has got a little bit of different flavor to it, and this one is going to be no different for once on the Tokyo Smoke Show. I am going to fully be the subject of an interview, and who else better to be the one probing? No, he's not a proctologist. I'm talking about none other than the 
Joey Harris, outstanding comedian, longtime friend and colleague. Um, I currently uh, work with him on a channel that we have on YouTube. It's his channel. That's right. I feel like Ryan Rossello back in the day when he was working with Scott Van Pelt. You know, it was a Scott Van Pelt show when Ryland Rossillo was there. And then when they finally changed the name of the show to Van Pelt and Rossillo, guess what happened? Van Pelt left the show. And then he went to Midnight. So I am a part of the Joey Harris show on YouTube. And I'm going to go ahead and introduce my, uh, my guest host. And I'm going to let him take it over. But before I do that, in true Tokyo Smoke Show honor, I want you to grab your J's, grab your blunts, grab your contraband. Let's toast. The next voice you hear will be that of the Joey Harris. How we doing, brother? I'm doing well, my friend. Uh, A little bit different uh, today. You're usually a co-host or a guest on my show, but I'm proud to be here on The Smoke Show. Got some great questions for you. And as we discussed beforehand, you know nothing. You have not, you, you don't know any of these questions ahead of time. I went through, I tried to cultivate some really good questions, and I'm really looking forward to it. But I was going to ask, does this mean now we're moving to midnight and we're going to be on the Sports <laughs> Center at midnight? We're going to ESPN 8 the Ocho. Uh, we're going to be giving them all the obscure sports that they didn't want, they want, didn't know they wanted. Um, and in honor of that, this segment of the Tokyo Smoke Show is brought to you by. I can't even, I can't even, I was about to say something about midgets, but then I realized they don't like being called that. So, uh, my apologies to any little person. I mean, no disrespect. I'm 6'5". Sometimes I wish I was below four feet because I feel like I could get clothes a lot easier. But, you know, if I was a little person, I feel like I would be a round little person. People would call me, you know, something like Mr. Big just to be, you know, uh, funny, you know, because I'd be, you know. Oh, yeah. No, I've got that. I got that. You know, they call, they call a tall guy shorty, right? Uh, a short guy, big man, and, and all of that. No, I get that. I get that. But you while you're what? getting while you're getting ready, we're going to get right to the meat of it to begin with. Now, whenever I am talking about you in life or I have you on my show, I call you TJ or I call you Big TJ. But for this avenue, uh, why Tokyo Jameson? What what brought that That's to bear? Great first question. Uh, so the the short of it was that you know I had I had taken a hiatus um, from podcasting um, back in around 2015 2016, and I had been doing everything under the moniker of Big TJ, going back to the BTW days, the Go Radio days, and um, when I came back, I said I wanted to come back a little bit different. I had experienced some stuff in my personal life um, where I did I just didn't want to go by TJ, but weirdly enough, it's it's in you um, that the initials of the stage name that I ended up bringing up still have TJ as the initial, so I'm a genius. Um, but it, it started off with it's, it's Tokyo J, and it was because um, I had incorporated cannabis a great deal in my personal life. Um, as a form of medication Um, and if anyone knows the slang for a joint is a J and you know you you can tell somebody to smoke a J or you can tell them to toke a J so toke yo J and um, is how it started and then I was like okay well 
how would I spell that? And I, I'm like, well, Tokyo, um, you know, like that great spot over there in Japan. And then also a character on the show Money Heist. Um, just took the Y out, switched it with an E, put the J right on it. Um, and then once I wanted to make it a little bit more professional, I turned that J into Jameson because I feel like Jameson is just, this is a powerful ass last name, like, uh, you know, Winthrop or, or you know, uh, Hammersmith. You know, it's just like, so I hear Jameson, I hear a little authority. So that's where Tokyo Jameson came from, my friend. So why the Tokyo Smoke Show? I mean, why was it not Tokyo Puff Puff Pass Show? Why uh, not the uh, the Cannabis Cannibal Hour? Or So why the Smoke Show? Uh, so the reason that I came with the Smoke Show is because I feel like um, if you are um, a smoker, you'll know that the vibe with every smoke is going to be different. Um, sometimes you might light candles. Sometimes you'll listen to music. Sometimes you've got friend over, friends over enjoying conversation. Sometimes you're just sitting outside listening to the wind blow. After we get off the phone, I intend to go sit in my garage and watch it rain because we've got a thunderstorm coming this way. You know, every smoke is different. So in thinking about my podcast, I wanted people prepared whenever they come came in that every episode is going to be different, just like a smoke. Um, you know, and there are other, you know, excuse me, subliminal, you know, meanings to it because I always feel like a smoke show, smoke show, whenever you're talking about, um, someone that you're attracted to, a smoke show is something hot, something that you're attracted to. Um, but it all, it also, a smoke show can also be an illusion, you know, so it's like it all, it has all these things encompassing in it you know whenever i originally came up with the idea ultimately i just i wanted it to be something different for everybody it's its own little piece of art um so you can look into it and get from it you know whatever you like nice if you could go back in time to change one thing what would it be oh god um that's a tough one bro um because my immediate response immediate thought when you said it I'm like okay you're about to be my Doc Brown and I'm about to be you know Marty McFly but you're telling me that we can actually go back and actually change something so um I'm going back and um I don't know bro it's there's a flaw in humans you know um and I don't know where I would necessarily have to go back to to try and change that flaw because ultimately my initial response is I want to get rid of slavery of all kinds regardless of what the race is I want to get rid of slavery no people should bank off of somebody else's back and not reward them for the labor that they're providing you know no people should be forced to live in subhuman conditions you know in order to do for somebody else knowing that they run the risk of being beaten and being greeted like freaking animals that shouldn't happen for anybody i'm you know being um you know a black american it's um it's it's easy for me to talk specifically about what happened in the united states you know but i'm trying to eliminate it for all races you know that that pain and that suffering is not necessary there is enough sun for everybody 
to get, you know, some shade. You know, there's enough, you know, uh, air for everybody to breathe. It does not need to, you know, no one needs to, to be, to gain at somebody else's expense. So if I could change that aspect of the code to where we didn't feel the need to lighten our load at the expense of somebody else's. When was the last time you broke someone's heart? Intentionally? Never. Never, never intentionally, but unintentionally. But I I feel like I I broke, I broke somebody's heart uh, uh, a couple weeks ago. Um, I had a friend of mine who, when I, you know, we were really cool and we lost touch. And after, you know, I got out of um, my second marriage, we had, you know, communicated a little bit. And I felt like there was potential for more conversation, but she wasn't ready at that time for that kind of conversation. And then we lost touch again um, for like the last like four or five months. So I've gone through the transition that I, you know, have where I'm with someone now. And, you know, they came back and, you know, she's like, I'm ready for that conversation, you know, and I'm like, well, unfortunately, we've lost touch for about, you know, four or five months. I'm not available anymore. And um, it it wasn't great. I never liked to hurt anybody. You know, I mean, it's never, um, that's never a thing, you know. There's no point in hurting people intentionally. For people to hurt people intentionally, I feel like they got something wrong. You know, they got some pain in them and they're just trying to share that. But I know what pain feels like, both self-inflicted and caused by others. So I would never want to intentionally be uh, a bringer of any type of heartache because heartache is heartache is irrational. You know, heartache, you can't put logic on heartache. You know, you can have someone leave your life that realistically needs to leave your life. They need to be out of your journey. Um, but because of heartache, you're sitting there crying, wishing that they come back. And it's not for maybe a couple of weeks, maybe a couple of days, if you're fortunate, maybe a couple of hours. But you realize, yeah, them leaving was the best thing for you. But, um, you know, I, I still don't even even, you know, even if I'm not, you know, trying to be the bad guy, I never want to inflict any kind of hurt on anybody. What do you think people automatically assume about you when they look at you? It depends. Um, it depends on who you are. Um, some people, when they look at me, they see a dangerous black man. You know, I'm six foot five. I'm over 400 pounds. I got a really big goatee that's got gray hairs in it. And when I'm out of the house and outside of my comfort zone, I have a face of concentration and anxiety. So sometimes I look like I'm a little angry, you know, even if I'm not, you know, because I just have like a scrunch, you know, and you got the lines in your forehead and stuff like that. Um, so if you don't know me, you know, you may, you may clutch your purse uh, whenever you see me. Um, 
but um, I found out that I look like someone who could have been a player at one point in time. You know, that's what I, that's what my uh, my future stepdaughter told me. She said, uh, "You look like you were a player." You know, and that is hilarious when she said it. I laughed out loud, man, because I'm like, if I was, it wasn't intentional. So if I was a player, somebody should have told me what the game was because I, I <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't it. Um, but uh, and then some people say, you know, I just look like a big teddy bear because maybe they catch me at the right time when I got a smile on my face, you know, or my eyes are open large enough for them to be able to see. You know, I usually don't necessarily have them uh, too big. I can, I can see, but people think that my eyes are closed. And I'm like, that's perfectly fine because you, you think I'm not peeping. <laughs> but, but I'm watching everything that you're doing, baby. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's it varies. It, it varies. And I think that really does depend on the perception of the person that's, what, that's looking. And that's all based on their life experiences, man. Um, you can see a person like me because you've had a good experiences with a person of my size and my color. And you can say, oh, he's nothing but a big old teddy bear because you've had good experience. But if you're somebody who maybe who hasn't had a lot of experience with people of color and your only reference point is what you see in the media, you know, then you maybe look at me and, you you know, you're a little concerned before you even take the time to get to know me. But once you talk to me, you know, I, I feel like it's, it's pretty obvious that I... I'm not a threat unless provoked. We'll be right back with more Tokyo Smoke Show. Hey everyone, it's Joey. And if you want to hear more of what I do, check out new episodes of The Joey Harris Show every Sunday on Spotify or wherever you download your podcast. Give us a try. Thanks. What do you wish you had more time for? Being a dad. Um, I feel like I I did the best job I possibly could while I had the opportunity to. And if I had more time to do anything, I would do that. Um, I, I I'm not one of those people who says that I wish I was doing something with my time that I wasn't. Um, I'm one of those people who I do what I want to do. And if that means all I'm doing is sitting down and chilling and watching a, you know, binging a show or watching a movie or watching something on YouTube or recording a podcast or having a smoke, whatever I'm doing at that moment, that is exactly what I want to be doing. You know, so I'm not a person who believes in wasting time. So if I could have more time, it would 100% be um, to be a bigger influence in my children's life, uh, a strong role model in uh, my future stepdaughter's life, as well as the, the grandkid. I want to be, um, you know, a strong role model for her as well so that they can recognize that, you know, education is important and you can do anything that you set your mind to. Because I've been one of, one of the people who's fortunate enough to say, you know, for the most part, anything that I've wanted to do, I've been able to do um, in some form. And doors will continue to open as long as I speak it as such. And I'm continuing to do that, you know, 
I'm not done, you and I are not done, and there's going to be some opportunities that we get to do, some things that I may have not done before. Um, so that's what I want, you know, my message and legacy to be whenever it's all over, is to been here spread on to, you know, to them that they can do whatever they want. Don't let anybody, you know, tell you that you can't do something. What was the best thing about how your parents raised you? They made me self-reliant. They made me into a survivor. I um, I have mixed reviews on my childhood um, because I've, I've been vocal about some of the things that happened to me in my childhood that I feel no child should be exposed to. Um, and those some of those things that happened then, as for other people, things that happen to you as a child affect you as an adult. You know, um, to say something that happens to you when you're five and six doesn't have any effect on you when you're 35 and 39 years old, that's that's ignorant. It's dumb. That's a dumb statement. Um, so because I, um, I recognize that, okay, so, you know, I was left alone more than I felt like I should, but that taught me how to take care of myself. And yes, some OCD developed because I wanted to try and make sure that I didn't leave the stove on or I got like really freaky whenever I would leave the house because I was seven, you know, and I'm, I'm responsible for locking the door, you know, and, and then going to school and then playing, being a kid at school and, and having to constantly check my pocket to make sure the key didn't fall out. Uh, because one time the key fell out, you know, and I caught, caught hell, you know, whenever I got back home because I lost the key, you know, but you know, to put that much responsibility on a seven-year-old, that's tough. You know, you go into school and you're learning and you get the opportunity to go and do recess. You've been locked down for four hours and then you get the opportunity to go do recess and all you want to do is just let all that energy out with your friend. You're playing kickball, you're playing tag, whatever it is, you shouldn't have to constantly check your pocket to make sure that your key, you know, isn't falling out because if your key falls out, your house is now exposed because if anybody finds that key, they have access to your house. And, uh, you know, and now you can't get in the house when you get home. So when you get out of school at three o'clock, you now have to sit on the porch and wait until your parent gets off work at seven. And if you're just sitting on the porch and people start to recognize you're sitting, sitting on the porch, that also exposes your parent because now people are starting to ask why your parent is leaving you on the porch for four hours and not letting you come inside. So though that small thing, as far as having a key, putting that responsibility on the seven-year-old, it, it, it opens, you know, the family up to a lot of uh, trouble, but I had to take all that on. This is why I can't lose the key. This is why I have to make sure that I get my, my sister and myself ready for school, because if we're not at school, you know, they may call the cops. You know because we're not at school and you know it's just so much stuff and I don't think that I don't think that you know they, they I, I can't say that they didn't necessarily didn't care because I'm not them it's just it didn't seem like a lot of concern was put into how I felt about the situations that I was put in you know um, so while it sucked um, it has taught me, you know, how to survive. I know how to cook and I know how to survive on the most minimal 
of, of things. So when I first graduated from undergrad, from that college that you and I have shared, um, my first apartment was just a block away from the joint. And weirdly enough, I had to wait almost 30 days for my first check, for my first job out of college. I had just, I put all of my money into moving in my apartment. So I had to survive that first month because I didn't have any money. I just had enough just to get back and forth from work. So I'm talking ramen noodles and saltine crackers at the house. I'm talking anytime they would have lunch on the, on the job, like they're providing us lunch, I would order something and then nibble on it because I knew that I wanted to take it home and I would eat on that, you know, that night. So, you know, I learned how to survive, man. I learned how to survive. And, um, but there's some downside to that, man, because it, it creates trust issues. Right. How do you feel about God? Oh, Oh, man. Um, there's, there's, it's a weird, it's not, it's not weird for me. I know what my relationship is. I just feel like from anybody on the outside looking in, they wouldn't understand. And I guess I, I shouldn't care. I get, I'll try and explain it. I have a relationship with God to where yeah, my God and I speak daily. It is a conversation similar to the way that I talk to you, my guy. It's just, you know, me having that vent, you know, because you know, very seldom is God going to communicate to you like you communicate. God's not going to send me a text or whisper something in my ear. Um, without my head exploding, I ain't dogma. So, like, I, just today, because I told you we got a storm coming in, and I also told you, I'm like, look, man, at 5 o'clock, I'm like, I'm driving home, but I might run into some traffic. And the reason I did, because I knew the storm was coming. So when I'm driving and I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the clouds, they're looking real bad. Um, clouds behind me are looking bad. And I'm just like, you know, God bless me on this trip home. You know, you know, I need to get to the house. Um, and you know, I don't like being out in this mess because I don't, I don't like driving much, you know, but now that I know this area more, I'm more comfortable. Um, but when I don't know an area too much, I don't want to drive much at all. So, you know, I'm like, please just, you know, give me traveling mercy uh, before I eat. You know, I bless my food. Um, and I feel like it's, it's weird because I have, I have, I guess my issue isn't with God. My issue is more with, with the Bible and then man's interpretation of the Bible. Um, because I feel like, you, you know, the universe is too big. There's too much detail for there not to have, be, have been some, something in creation mode. You know, because if you look at the eye, the way we perceive the eye is that we're looking at stuff and it and, and it's actually being seen upside down. But because of what the eye does, it flips it right side up. You know, like just that inter that like that intricate detail with flies, how many eyes they have, that detail, the fact that we share DNA patterns with uh with bananas, 
you know, and, and this is the whole belief that the world is 75% water and we're made up of 75% water. It's just like all of that specific detail. I don't know that, I don't know that it's coincidental. I feel like something had to create that. So whatever you want to call it, I choose to call it God. Um, and I pray to him every day. I say him, it's just, just an easy pronoun. Um, but I don't, I don't imagine my God has a, a cock or a vagina, you know, it's just, it's just God, you know, so getting caught up on he and she is not necessarily important, but, um, yeah, it's just, I question, um, you know, sometimes some of the things that come into my life, um, especially when I'm not doing things like I, I believe in one reaping what one sows. I believe in that. I believe karma is real. Um, so when it, whenever you're doing, you know, good things, putting out good, and then you get negative back, I have to. I ask the question as to why, you know, that happens when, you know, it it is perceived to me that, you know, other people who who, are, who I could perceive as doing bad aren't having nearly as much. Now I'm not walking a day in their shoes, so I don't know what they're going through, you know. But another one of those human flaws is us looking and seeing what other people are going through and it's like well it doesn't seem like they're going through as much as I do and I clearly do more than them you know it's just that's just something in us you know um so yeah I, God is God is is an interesting conversation um and I hope to one day have my mind blown by God you know, before I get thrown back into the soup to be created again in another multiverse, let me sit down with my creator and have a conversation. I'm going to, my, my mind's going to be wiped anyway. So just tell me, tell me why before you send me back, you know, and, and we'll see how that works out. <laughs> okay. We'll be right back with more Tokyo Smoke Show. What is going on? What's happening, good people? Tokyo Jameson in the place for your stanking asses. And listen to me when I tell you this. I just got the absolute best service I have ever had. I came into Hemp and Tea in Huntersville, and my dude, Mikey Hemp, sat me and my lady down. Me, my lady, my daughter, we all sat down and had some tea. Listen to the name of this shit, y'all. Hazelberry. Are you as wet as I am? Because I'm telling you, it was delicious. Strawberries, chocolate, the whole nine. It's everything you wanted, and then some. But I got to give my man, Mikey Hemp, the opportunity to give a shout to y'all and let y'all know what to look out for. So here he is, Mikey Hemp. What's going on, baby? Hey, what's going on? Thank you so much. I'm Mike with Hemp and Tea Company out here in Huntersville, North Carolina. And I just want to let all you cannabis lovers out there, we have an amazing sale coming up on 420 Wednesday all the way till Sunday, 40% off. That's right, 40% off. And we have hemp, we have cannabis products, we have teas, we have herbs, we have things to make you feel real, real good. Check us out online. You could just probably go to Google and just Google hemp and tea company and we should pop right up but for some reason if we don't our website is hempandteaco.com that's h-e-m-p-a-n-d-t-e-a-c-o.com hope to see you all soon and happy 420
right, y'all heard it here first. If you're not hitting up, hitting up the hemp and tea, you're missing out. Y'all do what Tokyo says. Stay high and first class ass, and we'll be back to do it again. Peace. If you could change one thing about yourself, what would it be? Weirdly enough, nothing. Um, at this point in my life, and I was talking about this last night, at this point in my life, I am fortunate to say that the choices that I'm making, I'm happy with. The choices for myself, the choices for the people that I choose to have in my life. Um, I want to have more of a relationship with my children, but that has nothing to do with me. You know, all I'm trying to do right now is to set myself up so that I am prepared for that day. If and when it comes, I want to be the most prepared to take them on in any way that I can. But with regards to me, um, the the growth of my hair, how my face looks, my body weight, um, my mental health. Honestly, with everything that I deal with, I honestly can say, if I had to die tomorrow, I would, it would suck, you know, because there's so much stuff that I can, you know, do, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't feel bad. I'm not a bad person, not anymore. You know, um, the choices that I make are utilitarian to do the greatest good for the greatest amount of people. And since I keep my circle, my circle is so small, it's pretty easy to keep a, a nice sized chunk of my circle happy. So, uh, yeah, I wouldn't change anything. Thanks. What was the worst phase in your life? I've had a couple. Um, you know, like I said, childhood was tough. Childhood was really, really tough, and I, I think about that not as much now. You know, I had some revelations back in the day, but weirdly enough, doing acid helped me get past a lot of those childhood traumas that I had because it, it caused me to face a lot of it. Um, so I honestly have to say the worst phase that I've gone through, uh, you know, was the two years leading up to. 2022. 2020 and 2021 uh, were really, really difficult. Um, so that transition to midlife is, I guess, what we'll call it, because I'll be 40 next year. Um, that transition was was really, really, really difficult. At the height of my popularity with my uh, social media status and my podcast, at the height of that, um, that was the worse phase for me. I wasn't ready for it. Yeah. Um, before when I was podcasting, I got a little successful BTW and um, I tried to grow too fast. And um, that's why I burned out. So I left it. And then whenever I came back this, the, that, you know, 2020, you know, 20, 19 going into 2020, I came back with the right mindset that I'm only going to do what I can. But me focusing on what I could do was pretty popular. And 
I wasn't ready for any kind of success. But going through that, it's got me where I am now. So with the good, with the bad, you have to find some good. Otherwise, what's the point in going through life? Right. What is the best gift you have ever been given? Um, three things that come to mind. Uh, the first one is um, the necklace that has hero on the heart that my um, my son gave to me at a um, an awards assembly at school. He had gotten, you know, straight A's, and then he was actually given, you know, he made the medal, colored it himself, cut it out, and then presented that to me um, after he had gotten that. And that was one. Um, I took my daughter to a father-daughter dance um, several years ago, and um, while we were there, she gave me a hug um, and told me thank you. She said she was glad that I was her dad. And um, that was, like, I broke down right there, like, at the place. You know, I'm, I'm there, like, you know, there's all these people around, and um, that was dope. And then lastly, this necklace that I'm wearing, it's mala, it's mala beads. Um, about a month or so ago, I'm out um, with my old lady, and we she took me by this crystal shop because nowadays I'm more like a hippie than anything. And um, so we're checking out all these crystals, and we're looking at these stones that are shaped like you know penises and mushrooms, you know, and. Um, I see these beads and they're heavy, you know, and, you know, it was big, like it actually hangs down to my waist if I let it all the way out and that double loop it. But I saw it and I was like, that's it. That's me. As soon as I get a job, I'm coming back here and I'm getting you. And um, my old lady had already gotten me one necklace that had a mushroom on it. And I, I really liked it because I like mushrooms. I've actually got a mushroom tattooed on my hand. And um, I put the necklace on and we had left and we're driving away. And I'm like, I really like that necklace. I was like, I don't think I've ever wanted something as badly as I want that necklace, you know, because I'm used to giving, you know. And she whipped the car around, went back and got me the necklace. And um I was touched, man. I was touched because, you know, it's not that it's it's not that it's a necessity that people do, but when someone is willing to go out of their way to show you love, I just feel like that's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Nice. What's your biggest regret in life? Ooh. Weirdly enough, I'm weird about regrets, man, because I feel like if you have a regret, you're regretting the lesson that came with it, you know? So, um, 
with everything that has happened to me in my life, all the choices that I've made, I can honestly say that if I'm happy with where I am now, as I said before, then I have to be happy with the choice, the good and the bad that came from it. So um, as cliche as it may sound, um, I don't really have any regrets. I have situations that I look back on and, you know, you always wonder what if, you know, what if something had happened differently? What if I didn't do that? But in changing that, you're changing everything that came that came after that. And it's not just your life that it's affecting, it's other people's lives as well. Um, my choices, as minute and small as they may seem, affect other people. And to all those people who say, nah, TJ, you're not that important, think about it for a second. Something as simple as me choosing not to go to the corner store and buy a Pepsi can affect so many people. Because if I choose to go to the store and I get in my car and I drive, and then my car breaks down, right in the middle of traffic. Now I'm slowing everybody down behind me and I am affecting their life. You know, while I'm standing in line, if I say something funny and it makes somebody behind me laugh, they get in the car with a smile on their face and they go home and instead of yelling at their kids like they normally would have, they, they ask their kids if they want to order pizza. I'm not saying that I changed that person's trajectory, but you know, Anybody has the effect. That butterfly effect is real. Anybody can affect in a great way, um, positive or negative. So, um, yeah, we always wonder what if, you know, but no regrets. There you go. What is your biggest fear? For the longest time, it was drowning. Um, Because I'm like, if you got to go. That's a shitty way to go, you know, because you can't do anything to fix it. Same thing falling at a great height. You know, it's like you're falling, you see the incoming, but whatever, you can't stop that shit. You know, no parachute, baby. Um, but now I think more than anything is um, me passing away without my children getting the opportunity to hear my side. Um, I feel like... Uh, if, if I got the opportunity to speak my piece, I feel like at some point in time they'll understand. Um, but weirdly enough, with things going on in me, I don't know I don't know if I'm going to live that long. I don't know that I'm going to be able to see that. I'm optimistic and I'm doing everything in my power to make sure that that happens. But, you know, no day is promised. Um, so because of that, um, I am aware and I think that is my biggest fear, just not give me the opportunity to uh, let them know that none of this is their fault. Um, let them know that, you know, I just needed to, you know, get away from, you know, somebody else and me getting away from somebody else, unfortunately meant that that person was going to keep me away from them and nothing to do with them. Though. You know, and I want them to know, and I can point to examples to show like, look, when I had the opportunity to be there, I was there. Um, but when the opportunity gets taken away, there's nothing really that I can do short of putting you all in a situation that I don't want them to be in. And I never want them to have to, you know, sit in front of some 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 judge to try and say who they want to live with. You know, it's not fair to them. You know, and if it means that I have to be sad so that they don't have to experience that, then then that's me. You know, making a choice. And people can call me stupid if they want. You know, it's just, you know, 
I just choose not to put them in that situation. So, yeah. What's the longest you've gone without sleep and why? Longest I've gone without sleep? Uh, I don't know, bro. I mean, I've had a CPAP machine for 20 years. Um, So, I mean, I guess... I mean, I've done, you know, probably 20 hours awake. Uh, and that was just because, you know, probably because I was caking, you know, late at night. You get, I, I usually get up around 6 or 7. Um, so if I, you know, go do a work day and then I got somebody that's, you know, back in when I was single, I got somebody that's got my attention, you know, so I'm, you know, caking uh, till 3, 4 o'clock in the morning just to sleep for four hours and get up and do it again. Um, but no drug has ever kept me up because I don't take drugs that keep you up. I usually, you know, uh, deal with things that are going to put you to sleep. So yeah, I'm, I'm a sleeper, man. Like I said, I've had the CPAP for 20 years this year, man. And one thing that I've learned to appreciate, um, is my rest because sleeping, having sleep apnea, um, and not having a CPAP machine, the rest that you get like that versus having a CPAP, you appreciate, you know, the rest that you get. So that's where I'm at, bro. If I can give me a solid eight, I'm always going to try and take that. What's the one thing that people always misunderstand about you? You know, people just, I don't know that people really just really understand me. I feel like people see what they want to see in me. Um, if I'm funny, then that's what they focus on. He's a funny guy. So if they ever come to me and I'm not funny, then I'm acting funny. I'm acting weird, you know. Or if if I've been the confidant and the vent for them, then that's what they see. They see me as a venting person. So maybe they aren't concerned about what's going on in my personal life to ask me how I feel about shit. Um, Maybe that's not a concern of theirs, I don't know, but I just feel like people um, don't recognize the layers and they just see what they want, which is why, again, that I've, you know, restructured my circle so that I have only people, you know, that want to know all of me. You know, it's not about um, one-sided stuff, people coming in and getting what they want and leaving. You know, you still have to you still have to deal with some of those people, you know, but they don't have to make up your core. And I can say I've got a strong core of people that legitimately care about the whole of TJ as opposed to just the superficial stuff that, that the shallow stuff that you know that, that they get off on. It's just not it's it's all it's all or nothing, right? So I got I got some good all people in my life. What's something horrible that we as humans have accepted because that's just how things are, but actually things don't have to be that way at all. But they have, they have to be rich and poor people. They don't have to be rich and poor people. For one man to to have a lot of money, you know, another person doesn't have to be poor. It seems that way, and I feel like with the society that we have, it's it's been structured and people are okay with it. 
I'm not saying anything communist or socialist. I'm not saying that a person should, you know, just be able to wake up and just be given something. That's not what I'm saying at all. Now, while I have a, a, a really unique, there are certain things that should be granted just by being a human because none of us had a choice on being born. You know, you were born because two people decided to fuck. Had nothing to do about your desire to be born. Mom A and Dad B say, hey, we want a kid. So they start smacking and then you're born. Or Mom A and Dad B just wanted to have sex. You know, and now you're born. And because of that, you have to you know, struggle for health insurance? No. You know, we should be able to, you know, be taken care of. Or if we're sick, we should be able to, to get the proper things to, to, to take care of us without breaking our back or sending us in bankruptcy. You know, all because, you know, because because we didn't have a choice. Now, all, the, all that extra shit, money, material things, you should have to work for what you get. But just got an emergency alert. It put me on pause. Sorry, I'm coming back in. Five, four, three, two. Um, we should, you know, we should have to work for what we do. But like I said, you know, it doesn't have to be rich and poor. That doesn't have to be. You know, people can live a comfortable life. And and, and that's that's just one easy one right there. That was an easy one. Appreciate that, man. <laughs> We'll be right back with more Tokyo Smoke Show. What if I told you that diamonds in the rough could also be found on the baseball diamond? That a proper wake and bake would be enough to smoke a champion? That sometimes being called a son of a bitch can make you into one bad mother? I don't know why Johnny wanted to talk to me that night. I just knew I wasn't ever the same again. What if I told you that a commentator for the Oklahoma City colonizers was a prospector that brought out a heart of gold from Yeehaw Junction? He's got an arm like a cannon. When he is the right amount of lubricated, I know this from experience, Billy Pugh can't pitch unless he's taken two hits of quaaludes and a couple of shots of Jack. Sometimes no way in hell can become... I'll be damned. Tokyo Smoke Show brings you 20 for 20. Billy Poo's Dig for Gold. Looking back on your life, what have you done that has given you the most satisfaction? <sighs> um, that's a good question, bro, because I really... I recognize now, or at least I started to recognize it about a year or so ago, that I do not truly comprehend my impact on people. You know, I don't. I've had uh, my brother, one of my fraternity brothers that I've stayed in contact with over the years, and he is, he's a brother of mine. We talk often. Um, he tried to give me a blueprint, play-by-play of what his college experience was at that college that we went to and how much of an impact I had on his experience. Mm -hmm. 
And he paints it in a way that not only shows my impact on him, but my impact on all these other people. You know, and um, it's 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 tough to when, when you're dealing with mental health and you're dealing with self worth issues, and you know you're you when you're a little self destructive as I had been in the past. You know, it's difficult to, I feel like it was difficult for me to see any value in what I was doing for people. Um, so I don't even know where I went, why I even went that route, man. I just, I just started talking. Let's, let's, <laughs> let's go on to another one. <laughs> if you had to distill it down to one sentence, What's your story? One sentence. This is like this is like is this the, the the movie voice doing the trailer for for the for the TJ Johnson story? Sure, yeah. <laughs> um in a world. Now <laughs> where's where anybody'll do anything for love. Um, no, um, my life in a sentence, um, it's a feel good story. Um, a lot of ups and a lot of downs, a tearjerker, um, but there's a lot of heart, some mystery, some intrigue, and some drama. (laughs) And then, (laughs) I don't know how you would spell out the laugh I just did but it would be <laughs> it would be spelled out so you have to read it that way <laughs> like that yeah alright tangentially uh, from that question if you had to have someone narrate your life who would it be and why it used to be Morgan Freeman for the longest time because his voice is just amazing um and uh, I have to say, though, now, oh, man, that's a, that's a toughie. I, you know, okay, it depends on which emotion. Okay, so my, my, bio, my biopic would be split in three parts because you've got the childhood portion, which is going to be narrated um by by Michael B Jordan right and then you've got that that first part of adolescence leading up until my transition in 2021 so you've got that section um being narrated um by Viola Davis and then somehow this portion you know from age 39 on forward somehow it was going to be narrated by Martin Luther King. I don't know how they can do it. I feel like the technology exists. Um, so, you know, at some point in time, I've reached the mountaintop, and I want to hear him say that. You know, he reached the mountaintop. I, I, I want that, in, 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 as, as only Martin Luther King could say it. Nice. Yeah, pretty interesting. <laughs> If you could go back and talk to a young Tokyo at five and he would retain that information, what would you tell him? Jesus. 
it's okay to cry. But trust no one. That dependence, my, as a child, the concept of family was so woven into me that I continued to see the good in people that didn't deserve it. And I continue to try and love people that did not deserve my love. So, you know, I'm sitting that cat down and I'm like, shit's about to get really hard for you, bro. People are about to start taking advantage of you next year. And um, it's not going to be fun. through it bro just uh just know that it gets better when you can truly appreciate yourself and all these people that you're around right now they're not going to be there one day and that's okay so prepare yourself for it now um that would that would be the, the short of it yeah It's it's 2 a.m. and you have the munchies. You ha- also have an unlimited pantry. What are you reaching for first? Ooh, it depends, baby. Because I, I eat, like I say, each smoke is different. Each vibe is different. I have different cravings, my guy. Sometimes, uh, I think last night I had, like, sometimes I get in a taste for, like, a thin, crispy cookie. Um mm-hmm. And they make them at Aldi's. Uh, it's like a, they have a thin lemon and then they have a thin chocolate chip and I love them both. I can just alternate on those. Um, I love movie theater popcorn. Um, so you know I'll take my bucket, fill up my bucket, bring it back to the house. My bucket has a top on it so that popcorn can last before a weekend. It never does. Um, <laughs> it's usually gone same day. Um, chips and salsa ice cream like it really it depends sometimes i like to make my homemade rice crispy treats so right now today um if i've got the munchies at 2 a.m it's probably going to be some thin and crispy cookies um or or some fruit snacks are you reaching for the lemon or the chocolate chip first today um i'm gonna i'm gonna both bags are sitting next to me it's just a matter of which one I eat first. Um, <laughs> so, if, if because the lemons are so popular and they're so hard to find sometimes, I'll probably eat the lemons last um, just so that I can continue to look at them and know that they're there. Because um, I can always replace the chocolate chips. I feel like they have an abundance of those. But those lemons, man, they don't always have those, man. And, and that's, I guess it's a, it's a $1.99 bag of, of, of cookies. They're really good. They're really good. And the lemon, they're not too lemony. So it works. Nice. How often do you feel utterly worn down? It used to be um, more frequently because... I wasn't taking proper care of myself. I wasn't doing self-care. I wasn't, you know, you know, mentally preparing for the day. And, you know, I didn't have those cognitive behavioral therapy things to, to boost myself back up. Um, so it was easy to get burned out. But now, um, 
I do a, a, a much better job of taking care of myself, prioritize my time better. Um, even like with regards to podcasts, you know, I try and, you know, get my stuff scheduled out so I know that I'm able to manage my day because I'm like, okay, well, this time I got to do this. So, you know, I want to make sure that I'm, you know, not bombarding myself with too much stuff. So I'm just, I'm better with my life balance now. Um, so, you know, feeling overwhelmed or, or burnt out or anything like that, it doesn't happen nearly as much um, as it used to. So I'm saying, you know, maybe, maybe once or twice a month if I'm working extra hard and doing a whole lot of stuff. What do most people overestimate or underestimate about you? I think, I think, you know, if you're going back on that first look, you know, you see somebody like me standing as tall as I am with a tank top on. I got tattoos all over the place. Um, I got, you know, this big skull necklace on my neck. You know, I think, you know, people would underestimate uh, my intelligence. I think, you know, I'm a fairly intelligent guy. Um, so I think that that is uh, one thing that gets underestimated. And then once someone gets in, once someone gets to talk to me, like once I interview for a job, you know, and they realize, oh shit, this motherfucker is awesome. You know, he's got the gift of gab. He's got some smarts on him. Then they overestimate and they throw too much at me, you know, at one time, you know, because they see something in me and, you know, and they just they just take it too far, you know, too far too quickly. That's what I'll say. You know, okay. it's nothing that I can't handle. It's just they expect the diamond without the time that it takes to crush that coal into it. You know, they want the, the Insta diamond. And uh, I think only Jimmy Neutron has that technology. What silly thing do you take a lot of pride in? What silly thing do I take a lot of pride in? Oh, man. Um, my home fries. I take pride in my home fries. I, 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 uh, I'm, my home fries, my Rice Krispie treats, um, my my willingness to look out for other people. I take pride in that because I know that regardless, like I said, I was saying this last night, regardless of whether anybody appreciates what I do, I've gotten to the point where to gotten to the point where I'm comfortable enough in just doing for other people, whether they want to acknowledge it or not. You know, so if I do something for you, you know, whether you tell me thank you or not, it doesn't matter because the, the, the fact that I did the act made me feel good already, you know, so um, that, so yeah, those two food items and then, you know, that awesome meter that I like to, you know, do for others. So, so yeah, that's it. What event from the past do you most want to see a recording of? Um, that's tough, bro. I guess 
know. I mean, I, it would have to do. It would have to do something with, you know, some music. You know, you you put some 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 great minds like a Jimi Hendrix, uh, James Brown. You you tell me that was a time when all these great musicians were in one place. You know, like the Summer of Soul. You know, something like that, where you've got a whole bunch of musicians that are just there for the music. You know, I would love to see something like that. There's not a whole lot that's happened in the history um, of the world, you know, that I would necessarily like to see. I mean, I guess creation would be pretty cool, though. You know, if you're if you're if you're believing in the same universal being that I am as far as God and you believe that, you know, the world was created similar in the manner that it's described in the Bible, I think that would be kind of cool to watch. You know, um, to see Adam and Eve just running around naked, just, you know, living amongst lions and, and you know, wildebeest and everything's cool. You know, I think that's cool. You want a piece of bacon, you just reach into a pig, pull out a couple strips, you know, and <laughs> What is something you probably should do, but never will do? Um, um, at first, you know, I was going to say, you know, I probably should have, I probably should have some type of uh, uh, bariatric surgery because I feel like that would be the, the win only because my mindset is there for it. Like I've got the mind for it. You know, I wouldn't be one I wouldn't be a person who'd be having it with the mind of a person. You know, I, I would I've got the mental preparedness for it, you know. Um but I don't know I don't know that I feel like I should do that I don't think I necessarily need to. I've done a lot of work on my own. Um I'm going to continue to do that. Um, at one point in time, it used to be stand-up. But I honestly feel like, you know, I'm probably going to try it again. Um, so that's a tough question. I don't necessarily think I have an answer for that one. Um, or at least there's not one jumping in in my mind right now of something that I should do, but I probably won't. Um, cause even Even... even Moving to a weed legal state, I can. I probably should move to a state where weed is legal, but you know, and I probably will. I don't know when, but you know, I'll probably move somewhere where um, it's not as 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 taboo as it is like the state that I'm in right now. So, one day, we'll see. Be right back with more Tokyo Smoke Show. My weakness is stamina. My cock ass average. If you asking do I get bitches, well homie, I manage. And with moderate damage, I can leave a red head in the days. I'm in and out like a phase. You might not want my two cents, but it pays. Now you say the name Tokyo and silence. Then a little chatter, but what's the matter? You still want this dude's neck? Well, pitter-patter. But many hands make light work. 
So best plans to team up. One lie couldn't take me down, so motherfuckers had to team up. And I know that's a little repetitive, but the message bleeds true. Today they came for me, tomorrow it might be for you. So, guard your soul, don't let it go cold. And when it comes to Tokyo, you best remember your role, cause I took a hit. And a little blood was shed. But then I gotta remember a quote from my brother Red. Hey, Papa Bear, this too shall pass. So stay high and first class ass. Now y'all wanted me dead. And that shit is sweet. But you hear that sound now? That's my motherfucking heartbeat. What character from The Sopranos do you identify the most with? Um, I think part of the reason why I love the show so much is because you can see a little bit of yourself in a lot of characters. Um, like, and just to, 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 to show how diverse that is. Like I look at, you know, Carmela. You know, Carmela is there to try and take care of family. You know, she wants to make sure that her family is taken care of. She has, is willing to turn the blind eye, you know, but the, you know, some of that self-righteous stuff that she gets in is where I lose her. Uh, Adriana is loyal. You know, I'm loyal to the people that I care about. Tony, once upon a time, I identified with Tony because I was like, Tony's a bad guy. And I used to feel like I was a bad guy. But Tony still tries to do good. And I felt like at that time, I was a bad guy, but I still tried to do good. I don't necessarily feel like I have the, the impulses, you know, like I used to that would have called me, caused me to be a bad guy. Um, without the drug use, I'm going to say, no, you know what? I'm going to reevaluate that because I was about to say without the, you know, the, the hardcore drug use, I would see myself as being Christopher. But, I, you know, now that I'm thinking about it, I'm Bobby. Bobby Bacalar is, is loyal. He's about family. Um, he, he has his hobbies. And you'll see more of the hobbies that he has later on in the show. Um, and I, I have my hobbies things that I enjoy doing um, he's a particular person he likes things the way that he likes them and yeah you know it's it's he's not a he's not currently a main character you know but by the time we get to that last season he's very vital um, so yeah I'm I'm old Bobby B what makes you feel accomplished coming home to my sanctuary it's safe nobody's taking it away from me you know being able to sit down in peace and quiet and binge a show or watch a movie have a smoke have a an Arnold Palmer um you know being able to enjoy my munchies being able to connect with you you know uh just having that work-life balance to be able to do 
what I want to an extent, yeah, that that makes me feel accomplished. Because again, you know, we talk about doing what we want. You know, if I had choice, I would just have the money in the bank to be comfortable and I wouldn't necessarily have to go to work. I'd just be able to report record pods whenever I wanted and just chill out. You know, that's that's the perfect world, you know. But you know, um, you know, just having that balance to be able to, you know, enjoy, you know, the hobbies that I have, um, enjoy the laughs, enjoy the love, and, and, and to do it in a place that I can call my own, that's that's an accomplishment. Gene Belcher or Bobby Hill? <laughs> I just watched the movie. I just watched Bob's Burgers movie yesterday. Um, and I was watching Bob. I was watching King of the Hill like for the last two weeks. Um, Gene is a lot. Like, <laughs> a lot. Um, I feel like Bobby would be more like Gene if Hank wasn't his father. Um, so I'm going to say Gene. Gene is confident. He's confident. And he's he, a lot of his confidence comes from the relationship that he's got with his parents, specifically his mother, Linda. But there's nothing that Gene can't do. And to be a short frumpy kid you know and and have the confidence that he has is amazing give me that gene belcher confidence man what is your greatest fear you got me on this one yeah you asked me this one. did i yeah because I, I said it was originally it was drowning um but uh, uh it's become passing I did. away yeah. i did you're right I got this from a list and it, it, it rephrased the same question twice. Biggest That's fear and greatest fear. So tell me a secret. A secret. I don't know that I necessarily have any secrets anymore. I, all my all my secrets got put out on Front Street and Twitter two years ago. Um I I don't even know if this is a secret. I think I've talked about this. I haven't. I haven't seen, you know, I've only seen four Star Wars movies. That's the original three plus um, Solo. It's four. Um... Jesus, I've seen more dead bodies than I than I feel like I need to. A secret. Oh, it's a toughie. But I don't really, really have any. I don't have any secrets, and I can't tell you anybody else's business because that's not mine to share. <laughs> um, I don't know. I'm gonna have to pass on this one, man. I don't think I have any secrets to share, man. I'm sorry. A show that you like that people would be surprised to hear that you like it. Insatiable. Okay. So on Netflix, it's uh, Debbie. What's her face from the Disney Channel? Um, she starts off the show as a as a bigger girl, 
She gets her jaw broken. She loses weight. She becomes pretty. She starts doing pageants. Uh, um, that show is hilarious. That show is hilarious. So, yeah. Um, that and uh, because I've never really, I'm not a, I'm not real big on reality shows, <clears throat> but I like uh, the challenge. It's on Paramount Plus, MTV show. They did uh, Road Rules, Real World Challenge, starting back in like 1998. So sometimes, um, if I'm you know by myself. Um, and I don't want to watch anything without my old lady. I'll throw on, you know, one of those episodes from like back in the early 2000s, man. You know, just just watch that to pass the time. I missed. I enjoyed the 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 personalities that they put on the screen. Johnny Bananas, and, you know, Cara Maria, and Wes. And now they've even you know revamped the show with the Challenge All Stars, and they've got these people who are my age or older out here doing these challenges, man. And it's just, it's it's fun to watch, like I say, the personalities to see the growth that they made in their lives and they realize the things that they were, you know, uh, complaining about and getting, you know, to squabbles about back in there and not important, but yet they still managed to make interesting television. So, um, yeah, Insatiable and The Challenge. Last question. What was the best phase in your life? I'm in it. I'm in it right now. The best day in my life uh, was May 22nd, 2012. That was the day my twins came into this world. But the best phase is the one that I'm in right now. I am. I'm, ha- I'm happy. I am getting healthier than I've been. Um, mentally, my mental health has not been this steady. Um at any point in time in my life, I am actively working to keep myself um, in a good place. My mantra, my MO um, is, is, is woven into my DNA at this point, and that's that I can't do anything about yesterday. Tomorrow has the potential to be good or bad, but I can't deal with tomorrow until I wake up. So all I can do is focus on right now. And, you know, Taking that, breathing that, believing that, understanding that if something is going on in my life right now that I don't like, as Cat Williams said, I didn't even—I don't even want to be on this road, and I just, I just need to get on another road. So, um, this phase that I'm in right now, where I am personally, professionally, um, with regards to my side hustle, you know, working with you and the potential that we have. Um, yeah, what what what's going on right now is this this phase is going. I don't know what's next, but I can say right now, um, everything's only going up. Yeah, man. That's all that I have. I appreciated this. I learned a lot about TJ. Oh, I appreciate that, man. Like like you said, I had no idea. Um, what questions were coming um, but you know some of those I, I felt myself getting wet in the face when I started talking about certain things man and I, I looked at this you know I was talking to my old lady last night I was like I'm I'm gonna look at this as a form of therapy um, you know because it's good to 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 cleanse you know whenever you get the opportunity to and I'm, I'm thankful 
for the time that we've had. Um, Joey, thank you for, for hosting this uh, questionnaire. Um, I want to give you the opportunity to plug everything that you've got going on so that this 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 Tokyo Smoke Show audience has the opportunity to hear more of your insights, more of your quips, more of your comedic styling. So, Joey, the floor is yours, man. Let them know. All right. You can catch uh, episodes of The Joey Harris Show every Sunday, wherever you get your fine podcasts. My wrestling podcast, Cup of Joe Wrestling Show, every Thursday, where you get your fine podcasts. And me and this guy on YouTube every other week. Uh, I have something, or I try to throw something up there every week. Uh, just look out, uh, search Joey Harris on YouTube, or what we're watching on YouTube, Joey Harris, and it should come up uh, at the Joey Harris on most social media. TJ, I want to thank you again for letting me do this. I learned a lot. Uh, I felt like you opened up, and the audience learned a lot as well. Hey, um, as I said, I looked at this as a form of therapy. I hope that people can listen to what I had to say, and it will open some insight into your own life. I hope that people will um, hear it and recognize that what I'm saying with regards to you know, you make choices. We make choices, you know, and um, we don't have to make choices for other people. You make choices for other people all your life and then you're gone and you're, or you're asking yourself, well, when was I supposed to do stuff for me? You don't get a reset. You know, it's not like the Atari where you can just hit the reset. I mean, you know, it's not an NES. You know, you can't, you know, get ready to fall into that huge canyon on Mario Brothers level eight and then just hit the reset button. You know, they just can't do that. So um, if because we don't have a reset, because we can't, get any time back that we've lost I feel like and I want to spend my time doing what I want to do and I hope that other people will take that from this um, I'm grateful to you um, for taking the time out of your day to do this with me this will probably get posted up next week um, but as the last message that I have for you all from me um, from the Tokyo Smoke Show it's um, be kind um, to one another because um, it's, it's, it's really, really easy to be petty. It's really easy to be petty. Um, but being petty is like alcohol. You know, it's empty calories. You know, it's, 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 in the long term, I don't know that it necessarily does any good for you. Um, and there's so much more negative that can be created for from it. Um, but you know, if you think about positive and negative interactions is dropping pebbles into the water and let's drop positive pebbles and we'll see that positive highest where the water where the rock hits the water but there's ripples and that positive is going to just spread more positive man so let's look out for one another and show love to one another and subscribe to the real Joey Harris subscribe to what we're watching on YouTube because we're only trying to do more and more things for you peeps man so um, as always like I said stay high stay hydrated um, step out proud in your flaws with no draws stay high in first class ass. and if the demand is there 
I may do another revival in 2023. You know, y'all know about a revival, man. It's a traveling preacher. He comes down, he has his tent set up, preach, make a little bit of money, rob y'all, and then he leaves town. So uh, this is the last one. Peace. Like, here's the thing that you gotta understand. Any animal come at me, I'm fighting it like a fucking human being. Okay? I'm, I'm picking my spots. I'm trying to use my jab to keep some distance. Yeah. You know? Punch shark. Huh? Punch a shark? Yeah, man. Look, first off, I'm not gonna be in the shark's house. You ain't gotta worry about that. You ain't gotta worry about that. I wasn't even talking about that. See, all these people talking about these shark attacks are crazy. Nope. Hey, look, nope. you live in, you are in that shark You home. trespassing, bitch. Yeah. Yep. And they protected their property. Right. The same thing that you would do if somebody came in your yard. Why are you going to be surprised because you done came in the shark yard and the shark done sick its dog on you? Why are you yep. going to be surprised? You would do the exact same shit. Yep. Without question. And look, I feel sorry for you because now you got one less arm, motherfucker. Yep.